They tampered with nature. Now they must pay the price. See the grotesque invade an unsuspecting village. See a hospital panic when day-old babies go berserk. See friends turn on each other in a nightmare of horror. You'll cringe with terror when you see. Don't open the window. Whatever's out there will wait. Rated R. thing will sure go ahead hi welcome to chewing the scenery horror movie podcast where we discuss horror movies but not podcasts we should do a horror movie podcast podcast we could i listened to about five of them <laughs> what's good what's bad so uh first off thank you to the moon race for their intro creature features uh, it's available at moonrays or moon-rays.com. Um, Something like that. They don't have their .com anymore. Uh, oh. You can find them on Facebook at the moon-rays. That's it. And you can buy their music on uh, Amazon or iTunes. iTunes. Does anyone still use iTunes? I do. <laughs> I hear it's just about impossible to use anymore. It's very user-unfriendly. Is, like, uh, is it like having a revolver? It's just Maybe the, the nerd gun to have. No, you know, no cool person has a revolver anymore. I thought only cool people had revolvers. Oh, it's a hipster thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, here in America, we stir our tea with revolvers. We should, but it's coffee. <laughs> right. Tea. <laughs> tea. Uh, Jolian, welcome back. Yes. Hello. Welcome back. Two episodes without you. Yeah. People are probably starting to think we're making you up. They were fun. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. We even I've got to see the battery now. Oh yeah, totally. It's it's a good one. I'll see if I can't find a copy of it. Mm. Yeah. Or we can send the guy some money. Maybe (laughs) he'll send us a copy. Yeah, get him on the show. Because yeah, I want to talk to him. How about your uh, celebrity? Possible celebrity interview? No word yet. No word. No word. No word yet. Mm. Just give you a you hint. Heard. I might have to go after him with a machete. Oh, man. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm kidding. I would never do that. Um, Julian, I bet you have a list. What have you watched since we did this well, last? Not much. I mean, busy. I, I saw some good ones, though. Uh, the Handmaiden from last year. Is that good? Yeah. Oh, good. Have you heard of that no, one? Yeah, I've heard, heard of it. Of it. It's, it's a Korean movie. Uh, Park Chan-wook, who did the Vengeance trilogy. Hmm. Um, it's really macabre. It's, it's kind of like a three-part structure. Mm-hmm. You get different viewpoints on the events. Hmm. And it's kind of like um, those Itagawa Rampo sort of mystery stories in the 20s, like this decadent rich people getting wow. up to weird, very weird 
sexual things and poshos. Yes, poshos. and poshos. Yeah, so certain twenties Korea and uh, Japan and um, yeah, so it it builds up to one kind of twist ending, and then then it's kind of goes back and takes a different angle and you realise what was actually going on and oh, okay. And then there's like a, a third part which twists that again. It's nice. And it looks gorgeous. It's really nicely shot. And uh I saw the the Love Witch. You heard of that one? No. I've heard of it. Don't know anything about it. That's another one from last year. Um this this movie made by Anna Billa and uh she she's she does like art movies. She did one called Fever. Um but she directed this to the screenplay the costume wow um and the uh uh the photography is by david mullen who did uh the astronaut farmer and so on um but it, it's shot in 35 millimeter wow. and uh with the some of the colors kind of cranked up so the red's really vivid it just looks like it's something out of you know early 60s Ooh, neat. It's kind of really inspired by uh, the look of Marnie, things like that, okay. with the, the blatantly false rear mm. projection and mm-hmm. yeah, the, super glamorous f- photography. And... What was it? The uh, Technicolor look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Samantha Robinson plays this this woman who comes to this little town and um, she's, she's into witchcraft and picks up various men. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> to dispose of later well yeah yeah let's say her relationships don't always work out ah so yeah but it's really cool looking um and you were talking last week about the battery um Mm -hmm. if you want more like sexual relations with zombie action (laughs) uh, there's this uh, british movie called the zombie diaries and in the second one, there's a bunch of survivalists hold up and they take in female zombies. Yeah, we I watched one that was made here, or actually I think it was made in New Mexico. This is probably six, seven years ago. We watched it at a midnight showing. All my friends who took me fell asleep, but there's a scene <laughs> like that in there. Like some crazy dude has a female zombie locked up mm. in his shed. The movie was pretty terrible. The guy had a... He killed all the zombies with a hammer, which seemed like a really ineffective weapon, like a claw hammer. So you had to okay. get real close. Yeah. Yeah, you want some more reach than that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I, I will say, though, Mickey, he was just trying to ruin his own way in that yeah. movie. <clears throat> But I like I like the fact that that you suspected he was going to get her head rolled up in the window and then go around and yeah get her from the other side. I mean that would have been something even a little dumber. Yeah. Can you imagine if Ben walked up on that? Wow. Versus what he did see. I have to see that movie again. <laughs> There's another one. Okay, real quick. The um, spring or spring? No. Um, spring. Uh, Jeremy Gardner's in it as an actor. Oh, okay. So um, I actually edited out the part where I said, well, another one of his movies, and I, and I, I was afraid that sounded like he, he directed it, which would be a disservice to who did direct it. So I cut that out. But yeah, he's in it. Oh, okay. But he did, I believe, direct Tex Montana Will Survive. 
Mm-hmm. It's about a survivalist show guy who has to try to prove that he could really survive because he's found out to be like faking a lot of stuff, like certain survivalist shows. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to see that one, and I, I know it, I know it's out there on. I want to say it's on Amazon, but uh, it, I don't know if it's Netflix, but I think it's on Amazon. So I'll, I'll find out and let you know. But uh, I looked at the description of it and I thought that sounds like a good premise. So, yeah. And considering how he handled the material, you know, from the battery. So, yeah. Anywho, I still can't get over the fact that it only costs $6,000. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Bob wasn't wrong. That is amazing. Yeah. Bring a movie in. And 5,000 of it was probably a digital camera. Yeah. The other then, thousand was sandwiches. The other thousand was a pizza party they had because yeah. they had catering from some pizza company that they thanked at least twice in the credits. Right. They didn't hold up the box to the camera. They should have. I almost think that maybe they, they talked the pizza place into... Into the dialogue? Into, no, into uh, giving them free pizzas for a couple credits in the I used to work on a college newspaper that we did that. We run a quarter page ad every issue and get a pizza party every week on layout mm-hmm. night. Nice. It worked. Uh, so but, what else, Jolien? Sorry. Uh, that, that was it. That was the list? Uh, yeah, I've been working on stuff. Hmm. I've got some partials and some ones I actually did complete. Um, I started watching Lisa and the Devil, and I really do enjoy that one. Oh, so. my God. I, I have movie's to. He's fantastic. I started the nod off, and I said, "Okay, gonna stop it there, skip back a scene, and continue when I'm a little more awake." Uh, That'd be the perfect yeah. movie, though, to pass out to and wake up later, because <laughs> it'd feel like you were dreaming. Oh yeah, it was total dream state. Um, and Telly Savalas. Telly Savalas is awesome. No one told me he was in it. Maybe you told me yeah. he was. Oh yeah, he's the devil. Yeah, and he's got a lollipop, just like Kojak. Uh-huh. Yeah, before Kojak. Before yeah. Kojak. Maybe that was just a Telly Savalas thing. Yeah, I think he gave up smoking. Yeah. Was his thing. He had a real oral fixation. Although, early seasons of Kojak, he's smoking again, so... Oh. Uh, it didn't take? I don't know. Because I always, <laughs> I always remember him sucking on a lollipop, and then I watched some Kojak, and I was like, he smokes like a train in this. Yeah. He's rolling coal. Yeah. Um... Let's so see. You watched any of those Just Franco movies? Uh, I did. Um, I got through Diabolical Dr. Zed. We're going to say that. Like an awesome it. nightclub scene. Yeah. That's the best bit. It's a good movie. I enjoyed that. I didn't know it was going to be black and white. So okay. that, that was uh, kind of a cool surprise. Because it sometimes the color, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's a crutch, but sometimes it can be a distraction for the viewer. But uh, uh, let's see. Dracula, 1931. I would not have watched this on my own DVD, but uh, there was a Sven Gulli presentation where they had a lot of the library music from Universal that had been kind of plugged into it um, to fit the movie properly, and uh, that that was for the French audience, I guess. Um, that was one release that was done that hmm. way. Huh. And so I thought, well, that'd be really good to see what it's like because yeah. it's almost like a waterfall, the sound of no sound. Yeah. It's like the whole time you're watching it. And uh, it was kind of cool to get like some of that, you know, universal stuff you've heard a hundred times. Um, and and it, it, it worked really well. And there were still a lot of silent scenes that were, you know, deafeningly quiet. 
so I enjoyed that. And of course the, the funny little interstitials with Sven Gulli just being, you know, corny. That's fun. Um, let's see. I watched the Louis CK, uh, 2017, uh, comedy special. <coughs> How was that? It was pretty funny. Like he had one, like that was really good about three or four years ago. And one that was pretty good. There was one that wasn't as good. And now this one's kind of back to like, it's really funny. He, he goes down some really wrong paths with uh, what he talks about sometimes. But um, anyway, uh, that's probably about everything I've seen. Uh, there may be something that slips my mind. I know I finished watching that series, Girls. Yeah. yeah. Lean and Dunham's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just... I was ready for not seeing any of those horrible people anymore. I mean, all the characters are just awful individuals. Yeah, that's part of the fun. Make make Americans look bad. <laughs> I like shows that don't have likable characters. I want some unlikable characters, but I want at least some people to be at least baseline normal. And no. They're all just despicable human that's beings. That's why I liked Seinfeld so much. They're so shallow and despicable. And girls feels a lot like that. Except younger. And there's a, there's this awkward nudity that Lena Dunham feels like she has to do every yeah. damn episode. Man. I'm not going to body shame the woman. I don't care. She's like... But uh, why are you so naked so often? Because people complain. It's just like David Chase said when they made The Sopranos. People wanted to see lots of shootouts and blood. So he'd have none of that. <laughs> You just go episodes and episodes with no real violence, because that's what people wanted to see, so don't give it to them. People don't want to see Lena Dunham naked, so... Here's a bunch of Lena Dunham naked. I say more power to her. You know, I don't have a problem. Again, I don't have a problem, you know. Uh, love the body that you're in and do more. what you want to do with it, as long as it's with other consenting beings, but, I mean... I don't think your average person ends up naked as often as her <laughs> in yeah. a year, what she does in a week. In a week. <laughs> so anyway, that's over and done. That's over. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've only watched up to the third season, I think. Oh, okay. Well. I don't know how many are after that. Four? Uh, or four seasons total? I, five seasons? I think it's... Twelve <laughs> feels like twelve, but I think it's four or five. You're right. Okay. How about you, Will? What have you watched? <clears throat> well, uh, Mystery Science Theater came back, so I've watched a lot of bad films on there. Yeah, you you, uh, you blew up the internet the other day, and you said I it wasn't did. funny. I oh. did not think that first episode was funny. I could not watch I, it. I watched that too. It was really bad. I've just skipped the movies. I only watched movies, and that first movie I didn't think was very good either, because. I guess for all of them, they recorded everybody separately and then put it back together. Mm. It doesn't sound too bad in the other episodes. There's a couple spots where you're like, that could have worked better. But that first episode felt like they were just stepping on each other's lines. And rather than really making fun of the movie, it felt more like a kind of whose line is it anyway improv or something being on the screen and they'd all just shout out things that it kind of referenced. I don't know. It's it's difficult to explain, but I didn't think that first episode worked. Um, I've not been thrilled with the other episodes other than Star Crash. Okay. Which is an Italian Star Wars knockoff. Have you seen that Caroline one? Caroline Munro. Yep. 
and David Hasselhoff and Christopher Plummer. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Hoff is in it. Wow. It is garbage. It is so <laughs> bad, it's good. I think I'll have to watch it again. They have a Western, uh, not Western, sort of Western, Southern robot. <laughs> That's, oh, man, it's bad. It makes no sense. It's just from scene to scene. No overarching plot, really. That's great. Uh, and then the next one I watched after that was uh, one you had watched recently, Land That Time Forgot. Oh, yeah. Excellent. From 74, was it? 75? Yeah. Something? Doug McClure, yep. who kills everything he comes across. <laughs> it is just like, there's some dinosaurs, let's shoot them. <laughs> and that became the running joke in the movie. Uh was like, ooh, look, look at that. Let's shoot that thing. Yeah, it's strange. Like, there's, uh, like, I read the Plusidar series uh-huh. rec- uh, this year, and and uh, yeah, again, it's like this this all American guy who comes to this lost world. Yeah, and and basically brings death and destruction down upon it. Yeah, and shoots you know some things, and he's and and every so often he'll pause and say, how about how unspoiled it is and how how yes. he prefers it to the horrible modern world. Let's and kill like, some of it. It's just because there's one of you, dude. If there's, you know, once you start on it, he 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 has a gun factory constructed. <laughs> you know, he said, "You know, when, by the end of this first year, he's got factories going, building ships and oh man, weaponry and a whole armada of ships. Yeah, yeah, heading in the wrong direction. Uh, and you know, he gets an airship and you know, he just goes around the the neighboring kingdoms, blazing away. And you know, if anyone doesn't want to join his empire, then then too bad. Bombs the hell out of them. Wow." God, can you imagine someone trying to run a government that way? Jeez. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> Wouldn't it? <laughs> that's because it was written in 1913 or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Times of, have changed. Yeah, there's a lot of World War One stuff that uh, is coming back around. So, I then, didn't. Uh, there was, uh, what else was there? Time Travelers from 1961 um, mm-hmm. or two or four something around there early 60s um they cut off the end of the film which was bizarre huh um it's actually kind of a good film i mean early 60s sci-fi good is that also or one of his i don't know who yeah 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 that's yeah. it okay yeah they like walk through a screen into the future mm-hmm. and there's mutants and these weird androids they have that have like a no face just Mm -hmm. the eyes and a little vent for a mouth yes (laughs) and they have their nipples makeuped over with some sort of latex because they're shirtless (laughs) and they have a number written on them it was it was a little bizarre uh what else did they show now i missed how how many episodes did they drop 14 14 wow they did reptilicus yeah that's the first one Mm -hmm. i watched that too um, pretty bad yeah it was bad that beginning was just oh my god it was like chewing tinfoil oh yeah um the, uh, the comedy bit or yeah the... the comedy bit it starts out real slow and kind of a long intro and then they hop into the movie and like i said it just felt like they were stepping over each other's lines mm-hmm. 
God, you like just they described our podcast. They wouldn't let the <laughs> the joke land. They just kept going. Mm. And I think they'd get better later. Um, <clears throat> Cry Wilderness was another one with Bigfoot. I'm guessing it came out in the 90s. <laughs> Didn't know that one. It was garbage, too. Okay. It was good fun. Um, they go through the woods, and they encounter all these animals, and the fox they pass is clearly wearing a collar and a leash because <laughs> it's tied to the tree, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of things like that. Like, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, what else did they have? Avalanche with oh, Rock yeah. Hudson and Mia Farrow. Which is probably my third favorite on there. I love a 70s disaster mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow, that one is, it is so, so good. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's all of them I've watched. Oh, Beast of the Hollow Mountain. Oh, yeah. Which I like the dinosaur in that yeah. with this waggly tongue. <laughs> <laughs> you should watch that one. That's the one with the fork tongue. Yeah, he's got like a long forked tongue that's flapping around, flapping around when he's walking. <clears throat> and one of them made a joke that they, I only thought of this because your latest work was uh, they wanted the dinosaur to slide around on one foot like Gumby because he was made <laughs> out of clay. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. Uh, I think that's all of them. Mm. Well, let's give the spoiler warning before we talk about the movie. We're going to spoil this. You've been warned. All right. Everybody dies. So, it's a zombie film. Yeah, it doesn't end there. So, no, it doesn't. <laughs> so before we talk about this movie with uh, 15 different titles, see, some listeners may have seen this and don't know they've seen yeah. it. Was... Let the sleeping corpses lie in the Manchester morgue of the living dead. <laughs> While you're not opening the window. Yes. <clears throat> so the living dead at Manchester morgue. Uh, it was. I saw The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. Yeah. Wow, what a show. Yeah. What a show. I saw it too. Um, but before we talk about this movie, let's talk about streaking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this movie starts, and it's a little vignette of uh, what I up. I forgot about that. What yeah. the hell was that about? I think it was kind of... Now, Jolien, you may have some insight, but I'm going to give a theory. I think this is basically saying... Hey, establishment, fuck you. We're running naked through you, and uh, mm-hmm. here we go. It was, it was pretty popular at the time. It was, and, and I actually remembered, you know, from early childhood, uh, always hearing about and seeing things in the news, like, oh, you know, there was another streaker who mm-hmm. went streaking. Who and could forget Ray Stevens' hit, The Streak? The streak. streak, yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, the the lead zombie actor was in a movie about a streaker as well. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. The guy with the bloody beard? Yeah, Fernando Hilbeck. Oh. As Guthrie Wilson. Oh. Well, from Wikipedia, we have the definition. Streaking is the act of running naked through a public place as a prank, a dare, or an act of protest. Now, that kind of says a lot right there, because I think this movie was a protest against the man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so... Yeah, there was... They'd, like... You'd be watching a football game or a cricket match or something. Yeah. And some naked person would run, run across. So so basically, English people have two speeds. Really prim and proper. Yeah. Or butt naked running through a, mm-hmm. a, a footy. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. great. My, uh, I had several <laughs> friends in high school who liked streaking. And they went running through the hotel we were staying in. And, 
uh, field trip. And they ran through like the whole crowd of people down this hallway to what they thought was an exit, but it was not. So they had to turn around and walk back (laughs) nude, (laughs) terribly embarrassed. I would think so. Oh, it was great. It was so great. Um, There's some of those posho colleges where they, they, as part of a hazing, they have to run around the campus naked. Yes. And they used to have the naked pumpkin race in Boulder here where people bicycled around with a pumpkin on your head, totally nude. Yeah. Mm. And I think they outlawed it. Yeah. Or banned it. Yeah, some component of it was already technically illegal yeah i think it's illegal to ride a bicycle naked in public or something yeah you get on a sex offenders list or something stupid here you know you're offended by nudity i had to uh all you have to do is take about a hundred life drawing classes and nudity will never affect you ever again (laughs) you're just like "Eh." well when when i was still working at the art supply store i had to call the police because there was a crazy naked man well he wasn't naked he had his pants around his ankles but he kept leaning forward, just kind of bending at the waist, leaning forward while holding a lit cigarette, screaming, like screaming like crazy. And so I called the police and luckily there was a cop across the street at the Subway restaurant. And uh, Don't name the employee's name. No. Who this guy was. <clears throat> no. <laughs> so, no, he wasn't an employee. Uh, but this guy was definitely not well. So I locked the door of the three doors in the little entryway i locked the door toward his side and i I made sure to let uh customers know we need to go this way even if you need to go around the building to get to that other parking lot or just go wide around the naked screaming man um they contacted me later okay i had to fill out a police report yes i called and here's why this is what the guy was doing i described what he was doing um and i was just hoping they would get him the help he needed he clearly needed some medication or, or some, some pants or t- at least a belt because they were he had pants they were on his ankles yes he just needs a belt or a rope or an extension cord <laughs> extension cord <laughs> if you're a longtime listener you know that <laughs> well you'll have to find that reference it's back there somewhere it's in, in one there. of those episodes so when they called me like several times over the next you know four or five weeks there seemed to be some sort of a um, a focus on, you know, there's something sexual about this uh, behavior. And I had to be very clear with the people who were calling me. There was no sexual component to what this guy was doing. And if you think I'm going to testify to this or fill out any further paperwork, I am not. Because he wasn't doing anything sexual. He It was nudity. Yeah. So sexualizing nudity all the time is such an American thing that, um, you know, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. When you're not well and your pants are down and you're screaming while smoking a cigarette. I can't think of anything hotter. <laughs> yeah. Way to go, Man. Mickey. Man. <laughs> Mickey is like, can I roll his head up in a window? <laughs> so, anyway, uh, the streaking as a protest um, kind of, I think, sets the tone. Because we get this cop later on who's such a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and is he supposed to be Irish? Yeah. Okay. And he's played by uh, Arthur Kennedy. Okay. Because he sounds like, uh, um, what's his name? Sergeant O'Hare in O'Hara in uh, Batman. Batman. <laughs> I could hear that. I know they dubbed one of the cops in a scene with a 
have your well, Irish accent. Just about all the cast is Spanish or Italian. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we were we were debating watching it. Is this in England or is this in Italy? Oh yes, it was filmed filmed in Italy and Spain and England. Yes. Yeah. So the the opening scenes are in Manchester. Yeah. Were you getting jet lag watching the thing? A little bit. <laughs> It's like, I'm in Italy. I'm in England. Mm -hmm. So, Jolien, uh, tell us your history with this movie. Like, when was this on the video nasties? I think it was for a little bit, and it was definitely chopped up a lot. Yeah. You, you couldn't see a lot of it. Okay. When uh, did you first see it? So, I would, I would have seen it on video. Yeah. VHS. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, but uh, I forget which title I saw it under. <laughs> this has got, like, 15, 16 titles. Yeah. And Is it in the public domain? titles before it even came out. Jeez. It's not in the public domain. Oh, okay. Uh, the latest edition here is uh, Blu-ray from Blue Underground, which is really nice, where it's called uh, The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. Mm -hmm. And um, and previously it was out on DVD from Anchor Bay as Let Sleeping Corpses Lie. Okay. And the UK was also called The Living Dead at The Manchester Morgue. Okay. Uh the uh, when the, the script title was Weekend of the Dead, okay, hmm. Spanish script. Uh, then the uh, director changed it to uh, Valley of the Dead, mm. the shooting script. And then the producer Edmondo Amati changed it to Don't Disturb the Sleep of the Dead. And then by the time it came out in Rome, it was known as uh, Where Did You Come From? So, huh. do you have any idea why so many titles? Uh, when uh, initially at the time you had you had movies like Kise and uh, What Have You Done to Solange and things like that okay where, where, where there be the title would be a question okay so it was just cashing in on that but it, it they just this was released throughout the 70s mm. in various markets and um, I don't know why they kept changing the title maybe to fool people into coming That's, back yeah I was thinking to again. dupe the audience into giving their uh, um, $2.25 or whatever it was at the time so that the Spanish title is uh, don't you know that translates as don't disturb the sleep of the dead which um, and then that that was also used in Italy and it was also do not profane the sleep of the dead mm. uh, and in America it became don't open the window huh. which is one of the influences on Edgar Wright's don't yeah. Parody. Yeah. I found that too, which was kind of cool because uh, if you watched Grindhouse, there were all those fake trailers, mm -hmm. including Machete. Yes. And, uh, well. If, if you, uh, one of the extras <clears throat> on the, the DVD is uh, uh, Radio Spots. Oh. And uh, the American one is quite fun because they're definitely uh, uh, throwbacks to Night of the Living Dead. They've got these like news reports and things going on. And you're like, don't go outside, stay in. Whatever you do, don't open the window. Oh, wow. Um, and then it also became Breakfast at the Manchester Morgue. Oh. And also The Living Dead and also, confusingly, Zombie 3. Oh. <sighs> That's the title I would have preferred to have seen it under. And uh, Don't Speak Ill of the Dead. Don't Speak Ill of the Dead. What if they're trying to kill you? Can you say that <laughs> dead guy's a real bastard for trying to kill me? <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> Um, the director, Jorge Grau. Yeah, Jorge Grau. He, so he, he's a Catalan who, who fled Franco Spain and went oh. to study film in Rome, I think. Okay. But anyway, yeah, he, he, 
he made this uh, I think he only did two horror movies so before this he did Ceremonia Sangrienta aka <laughs> various <laughs> titles including The Legend of Blood Castle which is a kind of Countess Pittori oh, okay. movie okay I found that that's From 1973 73 yeah okay uh, and the uh, at the time the, the Italian producer he, he was involved with Amati saying uh yeah, I want you to make this movie about Countess Bathory, but make it just like Night of the Living Dead. You're really into Night of the mm-hmm. Living Dead. You say, can't really. It's a completely different story. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you uh, do that? It's completely dissimilar. Yeah. Go. So uh, in a, a year or so later, they got back together and he said, now I've got this script for you and it's about zombies. It's just like Night of the Living Dead, but in colour. <laughs> okay, let's do this one. Let's do it. Yeah, that... That, uh, that that did sound very Have you seen familiar. his other one? No. No. How about uh, Blood and Passion in 1975? Have you seen no. that? No. I don't think I've seen any of his other movies. Hmm. Yeah. It might be worth looking into. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very well directed. I did find out um, Ray Lovelock, uh, who played the main character. Um, what the fuck? George that? Meaning. George, yes. Jorge wanted him named George, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, he was in Murder Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what was Is that? that like Cop Rock? Yeah. <laughs> but think. all about murderers, singing and dancing? <laughs> I think so. That sounds awesome. Directed by Fulci. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, somehow. He was in Django Kill. Mm, I've not seen that one. So this was made in 84 and not released until 90, at least maybe in America, but... Um, that was kind of interesting. Murder Rock? It's a, mm. It was a musical? Was it? I don't know. I just made that Sounds up. Sounds like Alcatraz or something. That's what I was thinking. Uh. Maybe they killed someone with a rock. No, it takes place in a ballet school, if I remember right. Okay. Oh. So shouldn't they call it Murder Ballet? Yeah. Maybe. Ray Lovelock was in a band with uh, Tony Musanti, who was in Spaghetti Westerns. Tony mm. Musanti was one of the bad guys in The Incident. Have you ever seen that? I want to say it's 69 what or 70. What other names is that movie known by? Um, only by The Incident. Okay, so The Incident is a, it's a movie that takes place in New York. It's about these bad guys who are on the run from having just done a robbery or something. Um, they're just, you know, street thugs. They're not really, like, serious criminals. Like, they may have just beat someone up and taken their money or something. But uh, they get on this train. It's Martin Sheen and Tony Musanti. Uh-huh. These are the two bad guys. Oh. And one of them jams a shoe into the um, sliding door at the end of the car. It's filmed in black and white. And uh, basically everybody in that subway car is sort of uh, at the mercy of these these bad guys. And it, and it uh, goes into some racial tension stuff with a black character who basically says, I don't care what you do. I'm with you. You know, wreak havoc. And of course they tell him, we're not with you. You know, we're, you know, we're a bunch of dicks. So uh, basically uh, they terrorize this, this train car. And Ed McMahon is for some reason, I think this is before he was on Johnny Carson, but uh, Ed McMahon was one of the people uh, in the incident. It's a great film. Um, I might be, I might have confused the Tonys actually. I might be thinking of Tony Miliano. Hmm. We could look it up, but yeah. uh, our listeners will get to it before we will. But uh, but yeah, Tony Musanti uh, and uh, and uh, Martin Sheen in the incident. If you get a chance, it's okay. it's really awesome. Okay. Uh, pro- very apparently low budget. 
So go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my mistake. I might, <laughs> might have got the wrong Tony there. Sorry. Who's who's the one who was in the Mercenary? Yeah. Yeah, that Tony. Anyway, yeah, they were in a band together. Oh wow. But um, uh, yeah, and he, he often used to sing the theme tunes on the movies he was in. <laughs> nice. He's like a Anglo Italian, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know who did the dubbing. There weren't as many people doing the dubbing as there were characters because sometimes you can tell it's yes. the same person doing a yes, different. Yes, that's what I was going to say with the cop. The one of the cops, his voice changes later, but yeah, I'm pretty sure in the first scene between the the lead detective and this uniformed cop is the same guy doing the voice because he's mm-hmm. he's got this really heavy Irish accent that, that kind of disappears later. Right. And you're like, yeah. who dubbed him for that scene? And sometimes George sounds like somebody doing Michael Caine. Yeah, um, <laughs> my cocaine. Yes. Yeah. So, so what what do you think of the uh, George character? He's a. I like him. Uh, he reminds me of. Oh, I'm trying to think of. He's kind of very typical of uh, of your um, your jaunty uh, modern Englishman of the day, isn't he? Yeah, like he, in he, movies he's, anyway. He's so um, he 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 just crashes up against people. He, he's not. He doesn't. You know, he he doesn't behave like the typical English person. He, right. he like just clash with people all over the place. Yeah, yeah. he's pretty rude. Yeah. But then, right but then, the but then he he like has you know he's kind of unlikable for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And then he start you know he he shows compassion and courage and yeah, a really good moral compass. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you like him more by the end of it. Yeah, but just in time for him to get killed <laughs> and resurrected. Yeah, yeah. He, he I don't know. It it kind of reminded me of of something of that era where they would have this uh, uncharacteristic behavior from an English person. Um, not as bad as like a Clockwork Orange. Right. That's really kind of yeah, off yeah, the radar. But, but that that Mike Malcolm McDowell character is in like If and yeah. yeah. Uh, a lucky man and things and yeah, uh, or some of the Michael Caine movies as well. Yeah, which is butting up against authority and yeah, not caring who he hurts. Yeah, I mean, you think about like uh, uh, what year did uh, Wicker Man come out? Seventy three. Yeah, seventy two or three. Yeah, so right around this time, the English people were getting sick of all this establishment crap too. Oh yeah. You know, it's like, come on, you old bastards. We're trying to just do something new here. We've always had these anarchist characters that we like to yeah. have in our fantasies. <laughs> That's right. So uh, this movie, I kind of feel like there's another statement being made here with this uh, this sound generating. Like, I don't know that sound can be radiation. I don't think that's a thing. I mean, there's radio waves. There's radiation which aren't the same and there's sonar you know uh waves but it kind of it kind of feels sort of like the um the protest against uh messing with nature mm-hmm. as well it's like okay we're sick of the man uh, we're sick of what the man is doing to nature yeah i think that's one of the things that kind of weakens it a bit there's so many protests going on <laughs> Like each time you watch it, you can say, oh, this is like an environmental warning or this is anti-technology or this is anti-establishment or whatever. Yeah, because when I, uh, other than the streaking, the whole setup at the beginning seemed to be really focusing on car exhaust and litter mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. stuff. And they were then, laying it out pretty <clears> thick, weren't yeah. they? 
apparently he wanted to shoot in Manchester because he'd seen photos of when it was really smoggy. Oh, the, okay. The, the terrible carbon emissions and things like that, and it was dirty. And when he got there, it was kind of cleaned up and sunny, like you see in the movie. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and he said, "Oh, well, let's go to Glasgow instead. That's that's much darker." Yeah. Uh, but they wouldn't let him. It was too far. Oh, wow, that sucks. Too bad. So he just had to kind of like zoom in a little bit on the piles of garbage. Yeah, so he had to pick out the bits of garbage and here's here's an exhaust pipe, dead just, bird, and yeah, things like that. Yeah, so there's there's some environmental themes going on. If this were an American movie, there would have been something about Vietnam in there too. I'm sure. Probably, I would assume. Yeah, there's a the definite generational clash. You know, they had the uh, the greatest generation. Yeah. Going off to war again, and and it all going terribly wrong. Yeah. Dragging the young people down with it. Yep. I'm glad we're all done with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got that out of the way. Check that off the list. <laughs> so, any other interesting insights into uh, like uh, filming locations uh, or? Yes, yeah, so they start off with Manchester, and then he, uh, in the story, he heads north. Okay. But uh, he's he's going up to the Lake District and Windermere. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has its own Nessie. I, oh, I oh really? Out. What's it? What's it called? called? Bodness, and it's, so it's called Bodnessie. Okay. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, in, in the in the actual shooting, he goes south to the Peak District. Mm. Um, so uh, uh, heads to the valley. They go to is is a place called Dovedale in Derbyshire. Um, and uh, they ends up at a, a village which is Castleton near Peveril Castle, and the uh, the churchyard they go to is Hathersage, which is reputed well. It has the site of the grave of Little John. Oh, okay. From Robin Hood. Yeah. Legends. Maybe. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So. Uh, that has that's one of those places that tourists like to go and visit. Oh, yeah. Which caused them some problems when they were filming zombie deaths. Oh, <laughs> Apparently, the, the uh, so they started filming there, and the first day, all well, the Italian crew were pretty respectful. But he says, like by the by the second end of the second day, it was a bit of a party, and it was just like you know, food wrappers left all over the gravesite. Oh man! And, uh, was, yeah, they turned into a bit of a tip. And, so they, though, they, they got shut down. Yeah, even though they focus on a sign there, and the and when they go in the graveyard, it's like, be respectful. Yeah, pick, right. Pick up your trash. Right. You know. Yeah, and the whole the whole title of like, you know, don't disturb the dead. The dead. Yeah. <laughs> they are having a party with your food wrappers and your empty bottles. Hamburgers. <laughs> uh, do you think there was a big statement being made about drug use with the sister? Um, Edna's sister, what's her, what's her name? Uh, uh, Katie. Katie. Yeah. Yeah. She's a smackhead, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she is. She's all smacked up. Probably try to tie that into the zombies too. Yeah. There's a, there's a whole other theme you, you can say, oh, this movie is about fear of stupid people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or low intelligence because you have like starts with insects. Yeah. And then it goes to the recently dead. Mm-hmm. And then you've also got this, this woman who's like zombifying herself with drugs. Yeah. Uh, and then later in the movie, you've got a girl with Down syndrome. Oh, yes. Um, and, and you've got these, the, this thug policeman 
Mm-hmm. Not all the police are shown that way. No. But uh, you've got this, this thug. So you've got these people who are like acting, you know, losing their intelligence and or people who have low intelligence. And yeah. There's kind of a fear of that running through it. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> it's sort of in layers, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've watched this movie loads of times, maybe too many times, but I always enjoy it. And um, what did you think of the of the uh, of the sergeant telling these folks that they had to go stay at this hotel? Uh, is that a thing cops could do? Well, you can't leave town, you know that. Old yeah, there's always that old thing. Yeah, but they just tell you don't leave town. So you have to go stay at the um, at the old Owl Inn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they misspelled Owl. Yeah, they do in one scene, don't they? And it's on the window for a long time. You just, oh no, how did no one spot that? <laughs> oh, I didn't even bad. spot it. Yeah, it's O L W, the old Aloe Inn. <clears throat> yeah, and whatever that, you do, you better go stay at the old Aloe. Aloe. <laughs> That's probably in Castleton. Castleton's like a. As in Derbyshire, Derbyshire, they have these these things called flower festivals. Okay. And uh, one of the famous ones is in is in Castleton. Wow. Um, they have a, a the Garland Day ceremony on Oak Apple Day, which is May 29th. That sounds just like Wicker Man is waiting to happen there. Yeah. Uh, it's the restoration of uh, Charles II, and you get a king and queen riding on horses, and they're dressed in Stuart costume. But the the king has this fifty six pound garland which covers him from his head to his waist. Wow! Cone of flowers, and they circuit around the village, and then the garland gets hung for a week from the corner of the tower of the church. Hmm. And then, you know, when they Southgate, I think, is made up because the only Southgate I know of is in London. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't know Southgate anywhere, but yeah, Uh, but when they're going. Well, they find that path that goes up the hillside to, mm-hmm. to the church. Uh, you see this sign, there's like this depiction of hell. And uh, in the area, you have these things called well dressing, which is like a, a pictures made out of like um, pebbles and flowers and, and oh, okay, yeah, bits of flora. Um, and that goes way back to pagan days, but is is now you know as in the movie it's you know, been taken over by biblical pictures. But, uh, yeah, Um, so that area is known for that sort of thing. Mm. That's a nice little detail. The sound radiation or whatever this this is called. Mm. All right. Obviously, this is made up for the movie. Tinnitus. Tinnitus. (laughs) Tinnitus? It used to be tinnitus. Remember when realtors were realtors and not realtors? No. No? That memory's been erased? Yeah. They've always been realtors? Anywho, um, realtors, yeah, real realtors, real yeah. realtors. When did, when did artists become creatives? Oh. That's the one that makes me crazy and pull my hair out. It's dehumanizing. Oh, creatives. The, oh, the creatives did that. It Typical. Sounds, it sounds like a bunch of people who aren't quite artists but want to consider themselves one. So they oh. they've made a broader catch-all. <laughs> well, I tried to go walk the dog, but I got to the park and there were a bunch of creatives hanging there out there. A bunch of creatives. I didn't feel safe. Yeah, don't open the window. <laughs> the creatives might get in. Uh, okay, so the, so this uh, the sound generating bug killing device um, is uh, was it 
was it agitating babies or was it resurrecting dead babies? No, uh, it was agitating yeah. babies. Okay. That's kind of what I thought I got from it. They were trying to bite people with their mm-hmm. little gums. Yeah. So big threat there. Yeah, I thought he was going to turn into a, a zombie. I thought it was a zombie baby at first. Z- a zombie baby. Zombie baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. So we've got uh, a vagrant who emerges from a river. So yes. we got zombie babies. We got vagrants coming out of rivers. Um, yeah, they're 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 covering a lot of ground. It seems mm-hmm. like as far as like oh, we got to say something about this thing too. Yeah, and of course it's very Catholic as well. As oh well, yeah, these, these post Night of the Living Dead movies are the big countries for doing yeah takeoffs of the Catholic ones. Oh, yeah. I was wondering that watching this. So there's the Catholic zombies and Protestant zombies. <laughs> but you've got to get that scene in the crypt where he's like anointing them. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's yeah. How he transmits is like he smears blood on, them. on their yeah, eyelids. Puts, yeah. Yeah. Two dots of blood on their eye. Yeah. Yeah. It goes from just like this groaning zombie, like, oh, hold on. I got to do something really specific here. <laughs> uh, dot, dot. Okay. Good to go. Yeah. There, this groaning that was going on, like every time there was a zombie. Mm. In in frame, it was like that's uh, the whole time. That's Jorge Grau. Oh, with a microphone. Oh, with reverb and stuff on it. Ah, and he's he's working with the music's by Giuliano Sorgini. Sorgini. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, there's this Sorgini. really cool soundtrack where it's this kind of deep breathing a lot. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he was he was thinking of his uh the sounds that his father made when he was dying mm. when they'd sit him up or lay him down on the bed he'd let exhale make this, uh, it was an extended death rattle yeah yeah that's he, the thing he, he made use of people's actual things they were going through for this movie so you get this kind of edge to it i think like the the woman who plays um uh, edna edna simmons her husband had died just a few days before. Oh, wow. And here she is in, in a crypt with the recently dead <laughs> coming after her. That's pretty crazy. Um, I mean, you might want a week off if that happens, right? Yeah. Um. Okay, what else? I had some other things here. Uh, oh, the zombies are super flammable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the only way to kill them. Yeah. So otherwise they just get back up. Yeah, but you get near them with a flame, and they're just engulfed suddenly. Yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of crazy. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, George wrapped some gauze around an axe mm-hmm. and lit it, and he just get that near a zombie, it just goes up. <laughs> yeah, I thought those crazy coffins they were carrying people in mm. in the middle yeah. of the movie were gonna play a a role. I thought they were gonna. One of them was gonna have to hide in the coffin while the other one sealed them in oh. so zombies attacked so you'd have that irony of you had to hide in the coffin to stay alive yeah but no so the uh the sergeant gave shoot to kill orders uh-huh. on uh, edna and george um basically if you see them shoot them yeah uh he was kind of hung up on this idea that they were satanists um, but he says a really terrible thing uh, to George earlier in the movie where he says something about your your faggoty hair and clothes or mm-hmm. something like that. I didn't hear that. Oh, um, let me see. I, I know that. But the... I know the, uh, yeah, the one guy talks to him about the 
this could be the work of Satanist. Yeah. Because there's a broken cross there. Right. And, and uh, the, the crazy part about that is uh, none of them seem to have any expertise or experience whatsoever. <laughs> um, let's see. Quotes. Um, You're all the same, the lot of you, with your long hair and faggot clothes, drugs, sex, and every sort of filth. He kind of sums it up right there. Like, uh, here's what I'm a dick about. <laughs> <laughs> and here's a bunch of my misconceptions and prejudices. And uh, well, apparently, um, when uh, they got hold of Arthur Kennedy for this role, uh, Jorge Grau uh, looked at him. At, at, he's he, you know he's been in tons of westerns and yeah. crime movies and things like that. But you know his day had kind of passed, and he was like drinking a lot and ah. you know, struggling to get work. Uh, I think the last big movie he'd been in was fantastic voyage um but yeah so uh, this year he was doing the antichrist in italy and then uh you know afterwards he'd be doing emmanuel on taboo island (laughs) and uh the sentinel but yeah he he looked at him as as a guy who'd who'd be kind of resentful and yeah so he played on it and he said uh, your character is this this cop who wanted to be this high up in the in the governing and uh but he never quite made it and so yeah. he's, he's kind of ticked off and he takes it out on the long-haired people yeah the counterculture yeah uh so this kind of felt to me like the early roots of satanic panic you know like oh, when when was the manson trial was going on that would be 73 ish wouldn't it yeah 70 yeah, well, by the time it finally got to the courtroom, yeah, seventy seventy one probably. Yeah, something I know. Because they didn't catch him for, a, for quite a while. They didn't catch him, and then I remember he brought up something about Richard Nixon mentioned in the newspaper, and he wanted the trial thrown out because he was obviously prejudiced <laughs> and had, would influence the jury because <clears throat> of the president. But then after that, I think Watergate happened, and... I mean, they didn't care what Manson said anyways and not. Right. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely unhinged. Listen to him for about 10 seconds and you'll realize that. Yeah. So, um, George destroys the machine that's making the noise, that that's resurrecting corpses and whatnot. And it turns out they've got it repaired or there's a second machine or whatever yeah they just fix it yeah. they've repaired it yeah I like how jolly they are oh yeah they're like <laughs> oh it's good to go and they're, on, they're on that machine like night and day for a yeah full weekend with they? their jumpsuits ready to go <laughs> uh, so then they're just like oh good news it's now got a five mile reach right oh that's great that just means more corpses yeah so uh, yeah that reaches to uh, they shot it at Barnes Hospital which okay, is, which is in uh, Cheadle in Greater Manchester. Mm-hmm. So as you're driving down to the Peak District, and that still stands; it hasn't been used for about twenty years. But oh wow! So, so of course, various ghost hunting shows go there. And, of course, uh, yeah. You, you hear that, bro? You feel that? It's cold right <laughs> yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for, uh, it's up in a hill in the north of England. It's going to be cold. Of course, yeah. yeah. If you're looking for cold you feel that warm spot? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that would be weird. Uh, uh, What what were some of the other uh, cool locations? Let's see, we had the hotel, we had the hospital. 
Um, yeah, you have the Stepping Stones, which are uh, due east of Castleton. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those are neat. Yeah. And then you carry on down that road and you reach the uh, Haversage churchyard. Oh, okay. You know, it just occurred to me, maybe there was something um, being said, the fact that George has an antique shop. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's leaving everything old behind and going out to yeah, work on a new art, house. Art generally, though. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, it just there's a there's a lot of stuff going on here. <laughs> <laughs> we can't really unpack all of it, can we? <laughs> but no. this is like the transition between Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead and the Italian zombie movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think this had quite a bit of influence in the rest of the Italian stuff because the, the soundtrack is pretty similar to some of those. And everyone was really excited about this whole zombie, this this new take on the zombie thing mm. and kind of clamoring to just make something, yeah. it seemed. And uh, um, did you like this one the first time you saw it? Oh, yeah. Like immediately? Mm-hmm. How about you, Will? Did, did, did yeah, you take to this? It. Yeah, it was pretty good. I was surprised that I hadn't... Um, uh, yeah, I hadn't seen or heard of this before. Same um, makeup guys, zombie. Oh, okay, yeah. Gianetta de Rossi. I could see that. Yeah, really good. And you did a good job on that, the, the guy with the uh, autopsy stitching down him. Yeah, who had his head bandaged. Yeah. Yeah, he had yeah. like the tidy whities and the head bandage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the fat guy was nude. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> he was awkwardly naked. Awkwardly naked. And now that uh, he, he, he got this... Um, the woman playing the receptionist at the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, she was a friend of his wife. Uh, okay. Grau's wife, uh, who, who he knew to be flat-chested. Oh, okay. So they could cast her and build up this false... Bosom. T- torso <laughs> and have it savaged by the zombies at the end. Yeah. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, they didn't turn you into a zombie with their bite. They just killed you or... If they killed you and didn't tear you up, you became a zombie because mm-hmm. Edith gets strangled in the elevator, but they can't get to her. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, when everything kind of uh, comes together in the hospital at the end, uh, it it's you know everything's just <clears throat> unraveling. Everything's going crazy. Mm-hmm. George knows what to do. He's got to burn these guys and and. Uh, yeah, he's going to save Edna. It's going to be awesome. And he's going to he's finally going to get a kiss with Edna. And then he sees her eyes. Yeah. She's she's one of them. He has to kill her. And then uh and then the sergeant shows up, of course, and fills him full of lead. Yeah. He makes the statement that uh something about I wish you would come back to life so I could kill you again. Right. <laughs> yes. Now, George finds his way as a zombie. Yeah. I'm not sure of the timeline of this because it appears that the sergeant comes out of the hospital the next morning and by the time he's driven all the way back to the village, there's George. Yeah, yeah, that was so kind of questionable. Like, wait, yeah. how did he get there so yeah. quickly? He yeah. must have really jogged. Yeah, they were fast. Yeah. They had super strength, super speed, but highly flammable. Yes. So And pick... some smarts. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The ability to anoint. The strength to pick up a very heavy tombstone. Mm-hmm. I mean, if those things were made out of marble or granite or whatever, then they would weigh several hundred pounds. Yeah. What's a stone? When when fourteen English, pounds. Fourteen is it? Yeah. Okay. 
just got, I always hear that and I always assumed it was because 14 is a real easy number to multiply by <laughs> yeah <laughs> Have you noticed how the English have just sort of said, uh, you know, the metric system pretty much works. We should go with that. Yeah, yeah I think so. You know, but you still hear people use stone. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I had to look it up because it would drive me crazy. Like, he's eight stone. Yeah. Look what at him. Hell? So a stone weighed 14 pounds and they went with it. Multiply that Because somebody eight. had a perfect, you know, here, this is the stone we will mm-hmm. use this weight. Yeah. The same is true with the yard, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. It was from the king's nose to his thumb as he has his arm outstretched. <laughs> ah. Okay. So if you just could, you know, cut, let's cut a stick that length. And so we can just keep it around. Yeah. Okay. A- apparently there's a bar of some kind of metal that's kept in some temperature controlled mm. situation. That's the perfect yard. Yes. Really? Yeah. I've heard. So, uh, now Americans you know, in our infinite wisdom, have uh, managed to hang on to all that stuff that the English are trying to let go of. <laughs> you know, we never got stone, yeah. but, uh, we, you know, all, yeah. all, all the stuff that's weirdly, you know, based on 12s and mm-hmm. whatnots. And your pints are different as well, confusing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're small. Well, if you go into a bar, you ask them for a pint of beer... Give you some crappy 14 ounce or 12 ounce glass. It's meant to look like a pint. Yeah, the first time I came here, I, I, I was like, oh, I asked for a pint. I didn't mean a half pint. Yeah. Because it looks so small, but yeah. I didn't make a fuss. I don't remember how much a, well, pint is 16 ounces here, but I don't remember what it is in England. Yeah. Closer to 20, I think. Yeah, oh, I was really? Say it's like 19 ounces yeah, or something, 19 and a half ounces, something like that. So, Whoever uses ounces anymore, you know. Yeah. Milliliters. Yeah. There, there was a real run at at giving us the metric system back in the 70s. Mm. And all of a sudden, Reagan came along and said, oh. and said well, we'll be done with that now. <laughs> Based on 10? That doesn't make any sense. Who can count in 10s? How about 14 or 12? Or <laughs> yeah, and some... eight rods to a... <laughs> to a bushel and a pound. A bushel, yes. What's a quid? Is that a quarter? It's a pound. It's a pound. Uh, oh. One yeah. pound note. Oh, okay. So 40 quid would be like you, you remember when 40 pounds. Edna's at the garage at, uh, near the start. Uh-huh. The garage. and uh, <laughs> You can say garage. We and, know what you mean. And he goes... Uh, I'm sorry, a, it's like car a hole. Quid. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you and your fancy French words. <laughs> she said that he says uh, that we a quid, and she goes what? And he says the pound. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I always thought it was it a, is it a quarter? And developing the it's got a the, Q in it. The uh, film was like two quid, <laughs> yeah, which they seemed like that was an outrageous amount, but I don't know how I much film the, developing would have been. Whoever had a hand in the the dubbing knew a lot of English colloquialisms because there's plenty of them in the movie there's, mm-hmm. there's a few lines that just don't sound right it sound like they're written by somebody who didn't speak english <laughs> like especially at the end with it where kendrick's in the car and he, he turns to the sergeant and he's going oh, i'm mad about apples me yes <laughs> oh yeah yes that was a great scene i'm just mad about apples yeah <laughs> yeah that didn't seem like uh that that one really stuck out was like yeah. hmm, who wrote that right but when like George is at the the garage and he says, "Don't bugger me about," <laughs> like, oh, an English person wrote that. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. 
Yeah, there's there's always uh, there's always some slang or some terminology colloquialisms that we have to have uh, clarified for us. But uh, some of them explain themselves, you know, but some of them don't. Like I like I have never understood to this day, like when some old person would say, uh, well, it's two bits. And I was like, is that a dime? I think it's a dime. It's a quarter. It's a quarter? Shit. No. You clearly didn't grow up in the 1930s like <laughs> I did. Clearly not. Yeah. <laughs> we'll grow up with a bunch of newsies. <laughs> I did. Two bits, the icebox, the bedroll. The Davenport. The Davenport. <laughs> I used to always wonder what the fuck my grandma was talking about. Let's go sit on the Davenport and watch like, the Dumont. Yeah, I'm like, Davenport? What thing are we going to sit on? I don't know. I'm no, that's out. the credenza. <laughs> there was a... Well, there was another crazy one. What was it? I know Icebox. There are still people who say that. But, uh, uh, yep, I still use Icebox. Do you? Yeah, I still say Icebox and Bedroll. <laughs> Not Sleeping Bag. I've never called it a sleeping bag. Never? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> huh. But, you know, I grew up in the 30s. So <laughs> That's right. It's about what New Mexico was like in the 80s, I imagine. All their slang was about 50 years behind. Yeah. <laughs> And then MTV came along. Oh my God! I and everybody in New Mexico started talking like Snoop Dogg. Yeah. First Billy Idol, then Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah, there's there's always a oh the bureau. The um, bureau. I had a grandpa who used to say, "Well, it's over on the bureau." I'm like, "What the hell's the bureau? I don't know. What is?" I used that? to think it was Chester drawers. Oh, Chester drawers, not chest of drawers. <laughs> That's great. Chester drawers. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> so it, it sounds like some gangster's nickname. Yeah. All right, we need to rub this guy out. Call up Chester drawers. Speaking of Davenports, there's a three-wheeled car they made that was called the Davenport. Because <laughs> really? it looked kind of like a sofa. <laughs> and uh, there's a actually a detective show from 1949, a TV show, that he drives around in a Davenport. Oh, that's great. It's a crazy, like, triangular-shaped three-wheeled car. Yeah. I don't think they sold very many of them. <laughs> Looked like a death trap, but... And that was uh, when we did our Shaun of the Dead episode. I remember that um, the only piece of dialogue... That, that they changed was pissed. Yeah. She's yeah. so drunk. She's so pissed. Everything else just remained, which is great. That kind of basically says that we've all met somewhere in the middle on a lot of stuff. Nobody watched, I don't remember where I first heard Pissed. It was an interview with Paul McCartney, I believe. Yeah. And he said, oh, we were so pissed on the Magical Mystery Tour. <laughs> it's like, what were they so mad about? What were they mad about? And then Apples is what they were mad about. They were mad about apples. <laughs> Just mad about apples. I'm just say that. Yeah. Um is there anything that you feel like should have made the leap to America that never did as far as your <laughs> slang in England? Well, you're an American now, so you can kind of like be mm. the ambassador of all this if you want. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of anything. No. I think some people have tried to uh, sort of uh, adopt some stuff that doesn't fit. You know, like you hear a lot of uh, Americans saying cheers when it doesn't really fit. Yeah. It just it feels... there's a there's a British theme pub in in the city where uh, if you phone them up they will answer the phone with cheers. Oh. Ah. No, no, 
Not a goodbye. Aloha. Aloha. Cheer. Naf is a useful one. Naf. Yeah, something that's that's uncool. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, not done quite right. It's naf. Naf. Yeah, I remember watching that movie Sid and Nancy, and then one of the guys says, "You can use my gaff." All oh, right, that's his. Is cool. a place where he crashes. It's flat. Yeah. yeah. So it's not a flat all the time. It's sometimes a gaff. I can't remember. There was some phrase we just heard on that silly British real estate show that. I was like, what the hell does that mean? I could not figure it out. It was like, like you know, I can't remember it now. But I, I never did get the mystery could, solved. What is, um, in, in uh, there was a uh, radio station uh, out of Ireland called, it was an internet radio station called Phantom FM. And they used to say, uh, they'd be talking about shows. And I can't remember what, what city it was in, but they said, doors are at half seven. And I couldn't figure out if half seven was six thirty okay. or seven thirty. Yeah. Are you halfway to seven or halfway past seven? In a fortnight. Yeah. <laughs> In England that would be seven thirty. Yeah. Okay. If you said half seven, it would half be seven thirty. Okay. Well, mystery solved. See, I've watched way too much British television. We picked up on all these little things. Yeah. And watching British real estate, I felt like I knew the geography mm. of Britain better now. <laughs> It's similar to, uh, you say quarter of yeah. when yeah. you're in 15 minutes to, yeah. mm-hmm. we say quarter to. Yeah. Oh, I've, heard, I've heard it both ways. Yeah. I've okay. heard both ways, but yeah. yeah. Now that always bothered me as a kid, trying to figure out why it was 15 minutes and not 25, because I figured quarter just meant 25 Yeah. as a child, so I'd yeah. be like, why 25 minutes? That's such a weird breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a quarter of an hour. It's 25 cents it's like of an hour. a quarter of an hour. Oh, 25 minutes? No. Yeah. I don't know. It's all digital now. Um, do you feel like we covered this pretty well other than the eyeball eating scene that never happened? Uh, yeah, she's actually eaten a quail's egg. Oh, um, okay. You see her chomping. So that does make it to the screen? Uh, you don't... There's There's no shot of her plucking the eye out. Right. No, she kind of digs at his eye, and then they cut. You see her reach back. for it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when they cut again, his eyes all bloody. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, you, I couldn't tell what she was eating with all the. But there was something round and white. Yeah. Lolling around in her mouth. Quite was it? Okay. Just to you know, reassure people that she's not actually eating PC Craig's eye. <laughs> right. Oh. It was all pretend. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that's the first I'm hearing of this. There weren't zombies in Manchester? Not at the time. I was going to ask about, you know, the whole Manchester scene and how it tied into <laughs> yeah. the bands in the 80s. Right. I was thinking right. the same thing. Like, how did There's the living lot, dead? Because they recognized Manchester as being the source of so much creative energy, uh, It's it's had a lot of arts funding and... Oh, okay. There's a lot of new stuff in there. So, like, wh- where his shop is, that's all gone. There's, like, different things there now. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's so many venues and galleries. and uh, Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff nice. to see in Manchester now. Well, super cool. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, this, this is a really well shot, good-looking, good-sounding movie. Yeah, the uh, copy on Amazon must be from the blu-ray it looked really sharp yeah it did i agree 
yeah the, yeah I, I i love it um and uh brits are good at doing zombie movies yes um at least you know back in the day least until the koreans got into the game right now <laughs> well yeah. actually this this movie was remade in korea as goeshi in 1981 aka strange dead bodies <laughs> i was gonna dare to say it, this movie would be really cool if it were remade in you know modern times by the right people but that's yeah. that's such a risk. I don't know what you think because... Rob Zombie. <laughs> of course. Who this, else? This is like uh this had the first color gut munching. I don't think there'd been any, anything like that before. Yeah. No, not quite. I can't think of anything. Yeah, you can definitely tell that influence all the Italian stuff afterwards. Yeah. They love the gut munching. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean if you watch um uh, the original Quatermass series that mm-hmm. Quatermass 2 uh, you have these zombified okay. soldiers and that. Uh, the Earth Dies Screaming from 64, which is a good like, small scale. It's one of those you know, like John Wyndham sort of small scale, like a village oh, okay. uh, alien invasion going on. And a really good Tom Waits song. Yeah. Uh, of course, Plague of the Zombies. Plague of the 66, one of the Hammer ones. Oh, okay. I've probably right, they're seen in this Cornish one. village and there's this voodoo rites going on. Yeah, that people turn into really cool-looking zombies. But uh, yeah, and if you're into pesticide zombies, um, <laughs> let's hear it. Check out Grapes of Death, Ooh. 1978, Jean Roulard. Uh, Jean Roulard did words like vampire movies in uh-huh. the 70s. But uh, yeah, is, is uh, he was under instructions to make a disaster movie, and he watched. A bunch of them and and he said we just don't have anywhere near the budget to do these things oh uh, okay and he said well let, let's go with like more fantastical thing do a zombie movie and um but we'll construct it like a disaster movie so every few minutes something happens oh, okay i think get worse and uh so what's the what's the, like, the terrible thing we could do with french culture that would turn people into zombies it's either going to be wine or tobacco and they went with wine so it's this <laughs> like pesticides on grapes turn oh. people into yeah, <clears throat> like rot them from inside, and they'd start attacking other people. That's that's good. Yeah. So highly recommend. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think if if you haven't seen this, like I feel like I hadn't. I feel like I saw the crypt scenes at at that, one of your parties so or good something. Every time. Yeah, I feel like I saw part of this at your place once, like ten years ago, but um, this is my first time sitting down and watching it start to finish, and I actually. Um, passively watched it while drawing something the first time and then i watched it sitting down watching it the second time so i've now seen it um one, one and a half one times. and a half times um i do recommend it um so will you didn't hear this uh earlier because uh, it was before we picked you up but i had this idea this is episode 80 that we're recording now uh-huh um jolian contends that do we want to do a movie for every year of the 80s uh, up till 85 or 86? Uh, up till 85 or 86. Well, if you want to go on, we can... I think we should have to go all to the, the whole, way. All the 80s. The entire 80s. The March to 1990. Yeah. <laughs> on June the Scenery Horror Movie Although, Podcast. isn't 1990 really the last year of the 80s? 
Yeah, there's always a, there's no zero. There's a decade hangover <laughs> that always occurs anyway. So you know, there are strict uh, rules with podcasts. You must stick with them. Yes. yes. <laughs> We've been pretty good about putting an episode out every week. Yeah. Beyond that, I can't really say much. Uh, uh, rule following uh, happens, but uh, let me read these real quick here. Just uh, some ideas. 1981. Should we start with 81, obviously, since it'll be episode 81? Um, we've already covered American Werewolf in London. But we missed Friday the 13th, 1980. Be that as it may, you get The Evil Dead, The Howling, Halloween 2, which we did kind of cover. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Halloween too. I, I turned my waving his fingers in an obscene manner. Yeah, if you're in England, I, I just flipped Will off. Um, we already covered the burning. There's My Bloody Valentine, Dead and Buried, Scanners. Ooh, let's watch Scanners. Yeah. Yeah. Let's okay. Do scanners. Now I've not watched Scanners in a long, long time. I don't know that I've ever seen it in its no compl- in its completion. Oh, oh. Criterion bought it out. Oh, mm-hmm. mm, that means it's going to be all cleaned up. All yeah. that splatter is going to be real oh, crisp. It's beautiful. There's yeah. also the Funhouse, The Beyond. Funhouse oh. is awesome. That's a really good film. Friday the 13th Part 2, The Prowler, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, Happy Birthday to Me, Eyes of a Stranger, Wolfen, Possession, Just Before Dawn, Deadly Blessing, Graduation Day, Burial Ground, House by the Cemetery, Strange Behavior, um, Cannibal Ferox, Evil Speak, Ghost Story, Omen 3, The Final Conflict, which, um, spoiler alert, not The Final Conflict. Yeah, because there's an Omen 4, isn't there? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Omen 4. I don't. It's just a TV movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have very dim memories of like the Antichrist, who's a girl in this. Oh, man. Like the big big stunt scene she sets fire to some village fate or something like that <laughs> burns a table burns a table yeah, <laughs> terrifying that is horrifying that's what i remember some vague memory of it. craft services of, no of some sandwich table being on fire or something man so scanners <laughs> yeah. scanners yeah okay this is this your... probably the best so that's from that. 1980 1981 81 because okay. this was episode 80 so we're going to go 81 right. through whatever 89 you want to yeah okay sure We'll do it. Um, so we'll start with Scanners. This will give our listeners plenty of warning and us plenty of warning to go see Scanners. Can I just uh, finish up? Uh, this, yes, this please. This village that they're in in uh, Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue is Castle, Cas- Castleton, or p- probably pronounced Castleton okay. up there. But um, Okay, here's a, here's the story of Castleton. Until the 17th century, two cottages, rent and rate-free, stood in the mouth of Peak Cavern, and the rope makers who lived there specialised in hangman's ropes. The devil sometimes visited the cave, and when water poured out after rain in the hills, he was said to be relieving himself. Hmm. hmm. The devil's taken a whiz. Yeah. That's great. That's a that's high a... ammonia content, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, maybe some sulfur. Yeah. Um, that I can't think of a better way to end this show. <laughs> Stay off the moors and, and watch what you drink yeah. around Castleton. Watch for the runoff at Castleton. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you for So listening. next week, scanners. Scanners. All right. Good night. Good night.